All right, guys, welcome back to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Kaminsky, stepping in for the fearless Dave Dubois. He's working on the next big thing. Today on the show, I've got Nick Disney, great name to start with. But really, what's what's really interesting about our conversation, I think you're going to get a lot out of it, is he's doing some creative financing that might not be so obvious in the sense that you know you might be able to figure it out, but you don't have to because it's turnkey. They're going to make it all go for you. Nick, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. Well, I'm loving the art. Like I said before, I'm loving the art. I'm a huge art fan. So um, yeah, I mean, the main question, like every networking event, how'd you get started? People come up, shake your hand. How'd you mm -hmm. get started in real estate? So how, how'd you get started? And then ultimately the follow-up, which is how did you get addicted? Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I didn't, I don't have an original story of how I got started. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like everyone else. Yeah. And then, and I read a few other ones and I, it just made sense, right? Well, let's get something that's going to pay us month after month. And so I was just dead determined and it did not start fast, but I was dead determined to get that first rental. Um, and after I went to a couple of properties, bought the rental, but it, it just made a lot of sense to me where I would invest in something I understand being houses and how you can make that pay you for a long time. And um, my first addiction is easy. Like my first like cash flow that I ever got was a whopping like $312. But, you know, I was like, hey, this is great. I really didn't do that much now to get there. And if yeah. I could get, you know, a few more of these, um, I feel pretty good about where I'm at. Yeah, people get the lick and then they're like, okay, if I could get 10, they always think 10. It's always like, 10. Okay, 300 and 10, <laughs> 3,000. You know, my realtor sent me a, a, a picture earlier and it was talking about all the different professions to make a million bucks. And where is it here? Just to on the side, he said this picture and it says, NBA player, you know, chances of becoming a millionaire, NBA player 0 0.03, NFL player 0 0.03. 016 actor 0 0.04 musician 0 0.01 lottery ticket one in 300 million owning real estate 90 so you know and they say real estate's risky um <clears throat> i mean chase your dreams if you think you're the next michael jordan but uh, uh, the easier way i think is right up the middle in real estate so you said you got started in 2008 um when everyone was changing hands uh, how did you feel like that played into you getting started? Like, was it 2008 and all the turmoil that got you thinking about it or why, why real estate? I think, I think I, I was just looking for something that I felt like I understood. Um, I was pretty handy, you know, fixing things. So at that time I thought, oh, okay, well I can fix this stuff up myself and make a little money, like in addition on the side. Um, I really was so naive at that time. And I just didn't know enough that um, I was like, well, I'm just, I'm going to do this. None of that, you know, none of that market correction, crash, whatever. I was, yeah. wasn't thinking about it. And so I bought the first one, um, fixed it myself um, as I lived in it. Yeah. You know, looking back. Well, definitely, how it's hacked. Yeah. Um, you know, probably would never do that again but at the time you know and i mean i'm younger you know you can definitely handle you know, it that unicorn blood right you know right. i'm gonna fix this until three and i'm gonna wake up at yep. six i'm gonna go to work and then i'm gonna come home i'm gonna go to the, uh, the home so Depot true and yeah. so true um and so that where i mean where it paid off long term is some of the properties that i bought um then or just a little bit after and i've held on to well, the values have just gone up so much since that yeah. time. And especially with the last spike that, you know, on paper, uh, it makes you look like a genius. Even I don't, you know, maybe I got a little smarter, but I don't, I don't 
think of it like that. But over time, I mean, yeah. these things, these things work out. Yeah. Buy and hold. If you can maintain those positions, you know, I, I know guys who uh, collected houses in Winnipeg here in the nineties when mm -hmm. interest rates were and climbing towards like 17, 18%. And that wasn't a big deal. A house was like 30, 40 grand, but today that same house is 150, $250,000. And so that 50 grand's paid off years ago. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just 250,000, assuming they were responsible and they didn't just keep refining it and refining it. And it's worth what it's worth still. And there's no equity, but you can really build equity. And my favorite part about that is people go to work, they get, they go and they get their money. They come and bring it back to you and give it to you and pay yep. for your mortgage. So, um, at what point did you kind of start expanding your horizons as to what real estate really meant for you and the different things? Cause once you get into it, you start realizing, Oh, uh, rent to own uh, wholesale, uh, mm -hmm. multifamily syndication, all these new ideas start popping out. So in what direction and, and, you know, where did you start diversifying your real estate from buy and hold to, you know, different things? So I started with the buy and holds and I bought the first few off the MLS and it was, it was hard to find deals. So I started marketing and I kind of had this picture of what these rentals I wanted and where they were at. But, you know, if you're marketing, especially if you market a lot, you're going to find leads all over the place, whether you want them or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, what really changed my mind about it was I found that the, I, I wanted nothing to do with this house at all. And I talked to another guy and I was like, what would you have paid for it? And it was $15,000 more than what I had need to pay for it. I'm like, so like, and he was all happy. Right. And I was like, dang, mm -hmm. how much money did I just, I don't want to say give away, but just not capture and yeah. getting rid of all those leads. So I was like, well, if you're going to market, let's maximize whatever leads you find, let's maximize them. So then I would wholesale some, and obviously I would flip a few because that would make a lot more sense. Um, and my original goal was to like, let's build this rental portfolio and you know, how many can we get? And like, you know, 10 the magic number. Every, I said 10 yeah. too. Everybody says 10. Yeah. Cause they're like, I can um, multiply it by 10 mm -hmm. and I could do it 300, $3,000 a month. And, and you think in a lot of the books are, you know, you get your 10 rentals and you're set. You just put your feet up. You're like retired. You're in that was, I got there and it wasn't the case. Um, you know, by the time you take the mortgages, taxes, insurance, everything, a couple of yeah, They leave out the part where you have to keep working at your job. You can have 10. <laughs> Yeah. And it's great. And they, and if you sat on those 10, like if for the people at home, like get 10, if you love your job, you can sit on those 10 for 10 years. You're going to be in great shape. You know, it's Absolutely. a fast way to a million dollars in equity, especially if we get another correction or another spike. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's, that doesn't sound like that's the plan you took. It's not the plan I took. Um, you know, we, we still have uh, a portfolio of rentals now, but it shifted to, we started owner financing the properties. And so, what we do there is we buy a house, we'll mm -hmm. repair the house similar to you would like if you bought a rental and did forced equity and, and put it in yeah. there or, or like a flip. But when we sell it, we're going to sell it uh, with owner financing. So we're going to put ourselves in the position of the bank. Right? You're not you giving want... away the note. You're not like not. washing your hands of it. You're mm -hmm. like, I'm going to lend that note. I'm going to keep the financing mm -hmm. for myself and I'm going to start making money off of the fact that I've already secured the financing. Right. So what we'll do is when we sell it, 
So if you want to buy, you know, you want to buy a house from us that we had owner finance, you'd give us your down payment. We'd set everything up just like a bank would, you know, you close to the title company, we mm-hmm. give you initial disclosures, final. But at that point, you know, you, you have a mortgage, your mortgage is paid to us instead of Wells Fargo or Bank of America. What, what we found that that does, it, it's very predictable. Um, what the cash flow is going to be. There's not a water heater that breaks the roof repair. You don't own it anymore. We don't own it. Um, and we do that and we can make a, a good return at a good interest rate and we're still putting out a quality product. And so we have an incredibly low default rate. What it does is once you set those notes up the right way, you're incredibly hands-off. Well, not only are you incredibly hands-off where you don't get the midnight phone calls and and things that people don't want, it allows you to go do other things Mm -hmm. because I'm, I mean, I've got notes that have paid for years and years and years and they've never missed a payment. And honestly, I don't even check, you know, they just kind of like you're uh, you're like a car manufacturer who sells the car and you own gas stations. You're like, I'm going to (laughs) keep gas in it. You're going to keep paying me for the gas. How's the car doing? Oh, it's got a bunch of maintenance. Oh, that sucks. But uh, the gas stations around the corner. So you're you're like, you've essentially removed your risk. You've put the risk out, and you've been able to secure your risk by keeping the note. And if they don't pay, like any bank, uh, we're going to have to find a new person to pay. Mm-hmm. So, um, how is that look? What does that look like for scale? What does that look like for your business? How how prolific has that become? Because that sounds like a pretty decent business model. It's, I mean, it's the, it's by far the majority of our business now. Um, rentals are still good and we have them, we keep them for other things, but mm-hmm. for scalability and cash flow, because it, it doesn't require all the maintenance. There is work up front, right? Mm-hmm. We've got a system, we've we got really hard yeah. to develop it. So we got to fix it. We got to sell it to the right person. We got to go through the disclosures and everything. But once we have this note set up and a, and a good quality, person or persons in there paying the bill, it just pays. And what it allows you to do is if you don't have to do anything to manage that cash flow, you could really just manage as many as possible. It's mm-hmm. not like no one's going to call you um, to come fix something. There's much less turnover because people live a long time in a house versus where the rental might be. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, a rental person might, you'd be like, oh man, they've been here three years. It's such a great tenant. Yeah. But you look at a mortgage, they're like, oh, they've been here 25 years. They're such a great, they're essentially <laughs> such a great tenant. The bank is thinking the same thing because you don't own your house if you haven't paid it off. You're a mm-hmm. tenant to the bank. And so they're a tenant to you. My question that pops to mind, I'm sure a lot of people back, you know, listening at home are thinking, um, are you doing the bank? Is the bank your bank and you're just like charging up? Or are you guys raising private capital like a fund to to finance these notes? No. So what we'll do is um, we'll, we use private money all the time for the initial purchase and the rehab. Um, but before we sell it, owner finance, we will pay off that short-term lender. The reason being, we want to create a first position lien. We don't want to, we don't want to have to wrap our notes. Um, yeah. So we create a first position lien. That does a couple of things. One, it's, I mean, it's a stronger, more valuable note, but there are people who don't want to do all the work that we do and they just want to buy a note from us. They're like, Hey, what's the interest rate on that note? How long is it? You know, can I see the documents and they just like to buy it? Well, they're going to want to buy a first position. They're not going to want to buy our wrap, a wrapped note. It just wouldn't yeah, have the same value. Second, like they get cut up, you know, when it comes down to it, the first position is really the only security in any sort of deal. So 
Yeah. And so then we can, I mean, then we can sell them if we want to, if somebody wants to buy it, because then it's really easy. People think it's hard, but if you've ever had a mortgage and you know you're you're making your mortgage payment every month and then you get a letter that says, hey, Bryce, you don't pay there now, you pay to this other bank. Mm-hmm. All they did was was transfer with- Yeah, they sold I the sell, note to the that's other That's all bank. they did. Well, I can sell one to you just the same as they sell them to each other. We're just not doing yeah. it on the scale of- you know, a giant bank. Wells Fargo or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting, you know, that's the thing I really love about American real estate is that the mortgages and titles are fluid. You know, in Canada, we've got a lot more regulations. You can't really play that game, but uh, I'm sure there's a creative way to to make that work here in Canada as well for people with listening to the structure of it. So I guess what, what got you thinking about doing it that way? What when it was like the aha moment where you're like, I can make a business out of this because essentially you, you're kind of doing a rent to own, but you've got a a note where you finance the note and you've got this, like the product is the note. So at what mm-hmm. point, what was the first thing where you're like, really? Someone, someone will do that. I can do that. So I, you know, I, I met someone and uh, I was very pro rental. This person was very pro owner finance and both of them have positives, but looking at, we could do it with properties at a lower price point And it gave me something to do with a lot of these leads I was finding that were just less expensive houses. Um, that was one part. And then the second part was when I first got to the first 10 rentals, I was doing everything and I was running around like crazy. It's just, there was always something going on or always something. And I was like, man, this was, this was all my passive income idea. That's not very passive right now. It's it's really not. That's why property management is such a big thing. Cause like people like I want 10 rentals. Well, you know, now you got to deliver 10 turkeys on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kind of like, uh, thanks for sticking around. Here's your turkey for the year. So like no one thinks about the the toilets and turkeys at the end of the day. They mm-hmm. think about the the cash flow and they're like, oh, set it and forget it. Well, yeah, if you have yeah. property management and that's probably your cash flow too. So exactly. And so when I set up the first the first couple of notes, um, and made a I mean it made a lot of sense because they were just paying and and my goal was more cash flow. That's what I wanted. I was like, okay, well, how do I get more cash flow? And, I'm, and okay, well, this is this much a month, and it just came and I. I pretty much did nothing once it was set up. I was like, wait a minute, this is this I could really scale without increasing maybe my workload so much. And it was a while because my plan was I was going to keep them all for myself originally. Um, one, it's incredibly capital intensive, so it's hard to do. Yeah. But also um, the typical interest rate that we sell our notes at is 10.9% um, yeah. on our owner finance. And then people had asked me about it and they were curious and I'm explaining the cash flow and they're like, Oh, well they didn't want to do the work up front as far as the finding the rehab. And they're like, man, I wish I could just have that. And I was like, just sell you this one. They're like, you'll just sell me that one. Sure. Yeah, I'll sell you the note and you can take it over. And, and you they were like, take that Turkey and toilet call. And, um, and, uh, well, we'd sell them the note and then they were just getting the principal and interest because we okay. have it set up with a servicer. So you don't pay me. You oh, they're sliding th- into your position. You're they're sliding into our position. And then we sell them somebody them. else is, is owning the, right. someone There's else the, is owning the same it, per- you're there buying you the note. Okay, cool. The same person still owns it, right? Mm-hmm. So really- they just all get the-, the letter, right? That, oh, it's now <laughs> you're paying to the so-and-so. They get the letter and then the person that bought 
you know, that buys the note, they were like, they were buying the cash flow mm-hmm. because they're all, they're all amateurs. It's just like a, you know, a normal mortgage. So, you know, the interest is paid up front. So they would, they would buy the note and then they were just getting this monthly cash flow. And I was like, okay, now we've got our, we've got ourselves a win-win. I could create more better notes and I mean, still keep selling. Like, um, you know, like a lot of people hedging inflation, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to hedge our money in a bank account right now capital is calling investors because the number of investors is lower and capital doing nothing is worthless right Mm -hmm. it's got to be invested so there's people out there with like 50 100 150k they could buy that note and pretty much forget it pretty much yeah i mean there's going to be oh maybe you got to foreclose on someone once in a while and you know, that's not, that's not like uh, something you have to deal with. It's just the lawyer will draft it and, you know, you find an, a new mortgage to to do it or you sell it or whatever, but that's uh, definitely sounding like it's hedging, at least hedging, if not beating the in- index right now. Is that what you're seeing? Um, well, for sure. You know, because I mean, if, if we make the mortgage and it's 10.9% and so you're collecting based off of that. But if they sell that, if it's a 30 year mortgage and they sell the house in, in 10 years, you've collected more interest, you know, plus you got to get, you get the return of the principal that mm-hmm. goes to whoever owns the note. If I own it, it goes mm-hmm. to me. If you bought the note, it goes to you. Um, it's something that it's not, they're not cheap. They're not 10, 15, you know, thousand. No, you got to probably put in 75 K 150 K. Cause you said you're out of the sub 200. Mm-hmm. So they got to put down uh, probably 20%. Now, do you find that the people that are taking that 10.9% mm-hmm. interest, because like the reality is we both know you can go to the bank and get better than that. Mm-hmm. Are, are you seeing those owner finance people bu- that are actually buying those houses and living in them? Are they of a type of client that needs that note? Is that a, is, are you seeing that as an emerging thing? Like over the next three years, there's going to be people that don't qualify at the bank. The bank is already tightening up every day. So what does that look like for your business over the next three years? So I yes, I do see more people needing it, but there's also a lot of people that are self-employed, work for themselves. Mm-hmm. And there are many people, we don't sell how people will make the assumption that, oh, well, if they got it from you, they must have terrible credit. Wrong. If you if we run a credit check, if you have bad credit, yeah. we don't sell you the house. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that just don't have credit. We have people that bring twenty five thousand down on a hundred and sixty hundred seventy thousand dollar house that they worked hard to save, but they don't have a truck payment. They don't have any credit card payments. They have no revolving debt except for the mortgage that we made for them. So yeah. that person is never going to qualify at the bank ever. But never. they've never missed a payment. They don't even have any payments. Yeah, to so miss. it's hard to even engage them. You have to look at them and. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially, you guys are are uh, a B lender because they they would consider an A lender like the bank because it's like the m- easiest one to get. Maybe yours is actually easier to get. You might even be considered like a, a the banks are feeling like a B lender or a C lender these days. You try to they won't even finance stuff in parts of the city here. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely see that um, with with especially with rent to own in Canada, people who don't have the 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 qualifications that the bank's looking for. Maybe they do have a few marks on their credit, but they do um, have the income to support mm-hmm. it. But the bank is saying no. And then you find some capital that 
is going to say yes and you and get someone in that house like it's a service business it is and they appreciate the opportunity to buy the home and it's their home and we try our best to keep their principal and interest payment right about what the rent would be in that area mm-hmm. and so it's not it's not hard for them to make the leap like well i'm going to pay $1400 a month in rent or i pay $1400 a month principal and interest but i own the house yeah. well you know if if they've you know, set themselves up and they're ready. We don't take just anybody that's not our business model. You know, yeah. we've been doing they a long time. That down payment. You know, yeah, that's the down the payment. Thing, right. Mm-hmm. The renters don't really have that. So the real qualification is, have you been able to be responsible enough to financially, you know, put $2 bills together and maybe get 25,000 of them and bring those to me. And now I'm going to look at you more seriously than the bank says, oh, you're self-employed. I deal with that all the time. Self-employed. I might as well be a drug dealer. Like they have no idea. They have no idea where, where my next money is coming from. So, um, and, and if somebody, you know, has worked really hard, save that money. I mean, 25, 30, 35, we have people with quite a bit down. They just never established any credit and, mm-hmm. but there are no negative marks on the credit. So that person, in my opinion, and I get to choose because I'm the bank, you know, there you but go. they're more qualified than somebody with, you know, what? you know, 3% down and, you know, in a first time and, and they're barely making it, the DTI is less, you yeah. know, everything. I mean, when you really step back and look at it, it it's hard to argue that they're maybe not a better. Cause they're putting bet. down like 20% most of the time. Are they, are you typically needing? And that's the other question, I guess it's come to mind is like the bank is giving you like these 3% things that essentially they're, 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 they're probably scraping back a handful of those things and you're paying an insurance on the mortgage because it's such a low down payment at least in canada if you don't put down 20 percent, you got to go through the canadian mortgage insurance mm-hmm. and you essentially almost pay 20 percent when you pay this insurance so you're better off just bringing the cash to the table and skipping the the mortgage insurance so what's your typical down on on your properties are you expecting more or are you matching the bank how does that work so we don't think about it like that. We typically will tell folks, you know, it's you're going to need to bring about 25000 to the table. Some are more, you know, some are more um, to buy a property from us. And it does a couple of things, kind of like you said. I mean, it, it's not just do they do they have that financial commitment and do they have this $25,000 that they gave you? And we say that that's, that's their down payment plus closing cost and their initial mm-hmm. escrows, like their total commitment. But it also shows that, you know, they've been working hard and they've been saving their money and they haven't been just blowing the money on whatever, you know, they felt like, you know, it, it's not easy for a lot of, you know, a typical family to save that much money. So it, it, it shows, shows a... Yeah, shows shows. that they they worked hard on it. Um, and so it ends up being in the actual down payment on the mortgage is a little more than 10% typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once we do that, um, we'll create them a mortgage at 15, 20 or, or 30 years, whatever, you know, they qualify and, for. And mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we could probably talk about this. It's very interesting. We could probably go on all day and people will be like uh, very interested. Maybe two things. There's people yep. out there that need your help to um, get into some of these things. Those self-employed, mm-hmm. those those hard savers. Because really those people who save the 25K, no credit, you know how they're living? Cash. They're mm-hmm. not taking on credit cards. They're like, nope, my money, my money. I'm going to save up for that car. I'm not going to get a lease. I'm not going to go to the the dealership and get a finance. I'm just going to save 25 grand and buy that whatever car they're looking for. So people like that, 
they're interested as well as people who want to like park their 150 200k into something that's hedging inflation how do they get a hold of you how do they find out how can you help them yeah so easiest way to find me um is shoot me an email nick and it's the website sellmysanantoniohouse.com just shoot me an email nick at sellmysanantoniohouse.com and i'm happy to talk to anybody i like to talk about real estate investing um especially if, if we can help and partner if somebody you know wants to buy a note or just has a general question about it shoot me a message we'll set up a time and um and i'm happy to talk to them awesome awesome well i really appreciate you letting us in on your business model hopefully we didn't like let the cat out of the bag and now you're gonna nah, have three or four competitors in town <laughs> but um yeah great i love hearing about creative finance it's just another example guys at home listening guys and girls creative financing it's not just what you think like there's a there's a ton of ways to make money in real estate it's a great profit center and um you know nick here has been able to show us just another example that you know, anything's possible when it comes to property and real estate. Nick, I really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. And then until next time, guys, I'll see you on the next episode.